You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog. I want to remind everyone to check out Locked On MLB with Sully, the flagship show over on the Locked On MLB network. Indians take two out of three. Uh, all things considered, that is not a bad weekend. When you get down to it, they're kind of lucky to take two out of three. Uh, this easily could have been much, much worse. The win on Saturday, I, I didn't watch any of Saturday's game. I decided to go spend the day outside with my daughter, and when I came in, it looked ugly enough that I was like, there's no point in watching this one. No one uh, was getting their stuff together. It was, you know, offensively was bad. Uh, Pitching was bad. Nothing looked good. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, we all were just so excited for him to at least be a dependable starter. Uh, It's hard for him... You know, one can make a case. How can he be dependable if you keep yo-yoing up and down? One can also make the case when you walk four guys and can't get out of the first inning that it's hard to keep you on a roster that is already beat up. Let's start with that Saturday game. On top of Tristan McKenzie not going an inning, the game went into extras. So they had eight pitchers. Whew. Eight pitchers. Uh... The Indians were lucky to get one across on Kendall Graveman, who's been awesome all year. Uh, Phil Maton also struggled in this one. His ERA is really high as well. Uh, you know, is it his inconsistent use? I mean, he's essentially a long man after being a setup guy a year ago. Uh, I don't know exactly how, you know, if that's the best use for him. Uh, I've had some people be like, you know, Trevor Steffen needs to have a mysterious forearm injury. Same time, he's been better than Maton. Uh, Blake Parker gave up uh, an earned run. Not ideal. Hench's two strong innings, though. Uh, he was your best pitcher in that game. And, I mean, we talked about on the show last week, the hitters who have been performing. We had two separate shows talking about Ahmed Rosario. One, my talk with Pat. And then also just my talk about the guys who have had an o- uh, I'm sorry, not an OPS. A run's created plus over 100 since May. Ahmed Rosario just continues to hit. Saturday's game goes two for five. Uh, Harold Ramirez also has two hits in that one. Cesar Hernandez reaches base twice. Bobby Bradley has a big hit in that one. I did have someone call me out on Twitter jokingly. Uh, I should pull up his name because that would be fair to call someone by their name uh, about the fact that, you know, my guy Daniel Johnson's playing awful and Bobby Bradley's hitting uh, at Kel J. Collins. And that's fair. Uh, my one thing would be everyone, for whatever reason, is not hitting at double at triple A. But Bobby Bradley has been fantastic. Uh, he's making me look very dumb, and I'll continue to be happily looking dumb if he can continue to perform as well as he has. But it's not just Bobby Bradley. How about Rene Rivera with a double? Uh, the guy who was their fourth catcher, you get down to it. Uh, Bo Taylor would have been their third, so he is their fourth catcher, right? Logically. So he gets the double. He get a walk-off win. Uh, thanks to an error in extras. I will say I was a little bit annoyed uh, when I went back to kind of watch things. I agree with uh, Ahmed Rosario's feeling that when he had that single that Cesar should have been coming around to score. I don't know why he 
hadn't already advanced himself, but then the bad throw by the pitcher allows the Indians to pick up a win on Saturday. I, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I'm going to sound like Mr. Grumpy Pants, old man time, but I feel like every single week I'm talking about some kind of miscue by Cesar Hernandez. It's like, what's going on, dude? <laughs> Offensively, your 10th home run of the year. It's only the second time in his career he's hit double-digit home runs, and he's it's you know before the midpoint of June. I don't know why I'm checking my watch for that. But he's offensively, I mean, he's performing. He's he's making himself a really interesting trade asset because remember he's owed six million next year, very reasonable, uh, especially if they feel like if anyone could step up at all, if like Owen Miller or Ahmed, well, Med Rosario has stepped up. I'm sorry, Andres Jimenez. Uh, if one of them could, you feel comfortable taking over second, you'd, you'd have an interesting trade asset, thanks to a cost-controlled player who's played very well and has 10 home runs playing up the middle position. But, yeah, uh, so who are the, we talked about who reached base twice, your three stars, Henches. I don't often get a chance to reward him. Two innings, one hit, 4K is definitely should be mentioned. Ahmed Rosario going two for five in this one. And I will let, you know, I'll get off Cesar's back a little. He did have a home run. He had the walk, and he did score the winning run. I know someone out there is probably Bobby Bradley. He had that big hit. He did have a big hit, but it's it's a lot of guys had big hits in this one. You know, the fact that they had the two walks by Zimmer and Naylor to set up that situation is also huge. So a lot of players contributed to that win on Saturday. Again, a game they shouldn't have won. Just plain and simply should not have won that one. The fact they did is phenomenal. Even with, I'm sitting here recording, yes, officially now a loss on Sunday. Uh, taking, you're going to be happy anytime you take two out of three. That will push them down. Let's see if the White Sox, they were five behind the White Sox and five ahead of the Royals in the wild card chase. Uh, they were a game back of the Astros. Red Sox uh, in first got absolutely shellacked today. But yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, they're they're chasing the wild card. It, that's realistically what they're going for. I don't have a lot of faith in the Red Sox keeping up what they're doing. There's a reason why they were so bad a year ago. We'll see how this continues to go. They have a very tough uh, conference to play in. They have a lot of players having career years. We'll see if they can continue that into the second half. That often does not happen. Let's just let's be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean it helps when you have money to spend. So they do have, you know. Guys like Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts, Verdugo, you expect some of those years. Uh, Hunter Renfro, good bounce back. Christian Arroyo being worth nearly a win is mind-boggling. Uh, you know, he has been a, a pretty useful bench bat for them. Uh, even there, you know, Enrique Hernandez, you know, Kike Hernandez, who's been like a bench guy, has been solid and steady. And then you go down, let's see, pull up their pitching stats. Uh, Nathan Avaldi has been really good. I mean, really good in a lot of statistical areas. But this is a team right now, it's like their starting rotation, most starts, Martin Perez, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richardson's, Nathan Avaldi. That's not a strong group for a team that has all the wins that it has. That is an unlikely rotation, even with how they played this year. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez is supposed to be their, you know, the high ceiling guy. He's got a negative war. Martin Perez is 0.9. Martin, I should say. Nick Pavetta cut by the Phillies. One. I, I don't know why this turned to Boston cast, maybe because we don't have a Boston host currently. But uh, yeah, it's uh, basically long and short. I 
they think the Indians can catch the Red Sox. So they just need to continue to play well. Uh, unfortunately, they did not play well uh, in two games in this series. And even though there are two games they did not play particularly well, they did come back to win one of them, so all can be forgiven. We will come back from a quick break here and discuss the Friday and the Sunday games. Our sponsor today is Wealthfront. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you're investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you, ju- just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stock, no watching the market every day. They handle it for you. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com backslash LockedOnMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to Wealthfront.com backslash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com backslash LockedOnMLB and get started today. Before I talk about the games, I need to do my promise of uh, 68. Selliot, thank you for the review on iTunes. We are up to uh, 86 reviews. If you do get a chance, it's very helpful to the show to go leave one. I am happy that most of them are positive. I've seen some of the horror shows of reviews that some of the other lockdown hosts get. So thank you to everyone who has left a review over there. Let's talk about Friday's game. Uh, should we you know, start with the good news game and then do the bad news game? I really thought a sweep was coming. <laughs> so let's go. Let's switch it. Let's go to Sunday. Yeah, Bieber on the mound. Uh, Lucas Gilbert, who they faced, you know, did a great job with uh, before this game uh, in his start. Instead, Lucas Gilbert dominates the Indians, and Bieber has his worst start since the playoffs. Uh, I did think it was crazy that Jake Fraley hit two home runs over the course of this weekend. This is a dude. I want to pull up his career stats. Uh Oh, had he not been in the big leagues yet? He was never, like, he was a guy with, let's put it this way, I would have given him a 30 home run grade uh, when he came out of LSU. Great defender. Uh, Yeah, he had never had a home run in his, uh, he'd only played 70 games in the big leagues before uh, this season. He's got three this year. Really strong defender. That was always his forte. I guess he did have a 13 and a 19 home run season. Good on you, Jake Fraley. But he would have been a guy where you're going speed and athleticism and <laughs> not home runs. But, yeah, so we'll talk about the Sunday loss. Ernie Clement, with his first major league at bat, strikes out. Uh, we mentioned Tristan McKenzie got sent down. They brought up Clement. Bieber goes, let's just read the line, five and two-thirds innings, ten hits, five earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, and a wild pitch. You know, not his strongest performance, obviously. Like I said, his worst since the playoffs. You don't expect... I mean, not that the Seattle Mariners team is bad, but they're not great. And again, when you're looking at who's who's been... You know, Jake Fraley, two-run home run. Seager, Kyle Seager's having a bounce-back year. Uh, the mess with uh, the, in the second inning. Uh, how about Bowers having an RBI and scoring a run? But... Yeah, it's not. I mean, thirteen total hits in this game. That's that's an issue, right there. So Bowers with the double fly out. Bauer goes to third. Shedlong walks. Tramel strikes out. So you got two outs. 
Godoy, who I wasn't even really familiar with, let's be honest, that's that's his level of knowledge to me, single, well, that stinks, and then you have the error, and then, yeah, then you get Fraley to, to strike out to end it, that's that ill-fated second inning, error by, you know, Cesar Hernandez, talked about how it feels like he is popping up time and time again for kind of foolishness, and Eddie Rosario, I was surprised that was his first error of the year. Uh, I was a little bit annoyed, you know, like I said, I talked about Clement, you know, he struck out in the ninth, let Rosario hit, like, he's one of you guys who's performed well this year, why is he the one you're pinch hitting for, unless it was just, hey, let's get him get his first at bat at home, and you're just, with Clement, and you're just kind of realizing we're not going to win this one. uh, Cesar, the rest of that game, by the way, three strikeouts, Not, not a great day for him, the Indians had two runs on five hits and two errors, six runs on 13 hits. The Indians uh, only had two walks. Again, that's something this team does not do. This is, it's a legitimate issue with the construction of this roster. You don't have to worry about guys being you know, patient. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to kind of get it near the zone. It's a lot of free swingers. It's a lot of guys whose chase rate, I bet, is pretty high. It's not a great situation. On the whole, who reached base twice in this one? You know, it feels like this happens more often than not. It was Eddie Rosario. He actually reached base three times. Then once a day when other people aren't doing anything, uh, Eddie really shows up. Offensively, that's that's kind of your highlight. Welcome, Even with his error, he's got to be one of your three stars of the game in this. No extra base hits. Bradley Zimmer did get a stolen base. Brian Shaw comes in for one and one-third of an inning. One walk, two Ks. Uh, Trevor Steffian has... Three hits, gives up one run unearned, also strikes out three. Does that in two innings, so that's kind of a nice thing uh, relative to everything else that is going on in this game for the Indians. It's like, hey, that's two strong performances by Stefan in a row. Stephan, no, Trevor Stefan. you got to stop doing that. Trevor Stefan. Uh, what happened? How did he get the unearned run? Ground out, single. Uh, should have had the guy out at second. Instead, he does not get out, uh, which allowed France safe at first by second baseman, by a fielding error by second baseman, Cesar Hernandez, Sagar, Sagar, no, wow, Seager to second. Sin Bowers has a single, uh, and then they get the stri- then they get a strikeout to end it, and then a fly out. It is interesting in regard that, like, so if they get that, I did not, I turned it off before the ninth happened, if I'm being honest. Uh the run still would come across because he would still get a single and then it would be a strikeout to end it. And they just don't need Shedlong Jr.'s fly out. But yeah, it's, it's not, not a fun game. It's one of those you're looking at where the offense isn't really showing up. Uh, the defense isn't showing up and the pitching isn't showing up. Uh, your stars in this one, like I said, it's Eddie Rosario, probably Brian Shaw. And I mean, do you give it to Trevor Steffian, I guess? No, Trevor Steffen. Trevor Steffen. Uh, you know, Hanley Ramirez did technically reach base twice. I left him out because of his hit by pitch. Maybe give it to him. It's just one of those games where they should have won. That, that's, I think, what really stinks in this one, is they should have gotten to this team. And it's funny, of all the players that they're able to successfully get to, Kendall Graveman twice in this series, who has been just one of the best relievers in baseball all year. That's the one guy they could seem to get to consistently. Odd. 
Again, I'll take two out of three, but man, you really want to see three out of three when you're facing a team like the Mariners. Talk about happier times. Aaron Savali, eight innings, one hit, one walk, 11 strikeouts, one hit batter. Right, that is that is something. Blake Parker, one inning, one hit. Uh, but I mean, Savali, obviously, you know, it's a, do I follow into the convention and, you know, say it's a chef's kiss? I feel like that's what everyone is kind of just doing nowadays. That's, that's where to go. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, four for five, a stolen base, four, four, five with a stolen base. Cesar Hernandez, uh, does not reach base. Jose Ramirez goes three for three with two walks. So five times up, five times he reached base. One of those being a double. Uh, Bobby Bradley goes two for three with two walks and a home run. Bradley Zimmer goes two for four in this one. Uh, It's, you know, it's just, there's too many players to pick for, you know, Savali is obviously one of them. Jose Ramirez, uh, you have to give him one going three for three and two walks in addition and an extra base hit. So I talked about a weird point. Third star of the game, Ahmed Rosario, four for five with a stolen base, or Bobby Bradley, two for three with two walks and a home run. I think I have to give it to Bobby Bradley. So Ahmed Rosario goes four for five with the stolen base, does not make one of the three stars. That's how good this game went. Uh, Mitch Hanniger and J.P. Crawford had their only hits. The only walk went to Jake Fraley, a sign of things to come. But yeah, this was just a fun one. This was one to enjoy. Uh, for the Cleveland Indians, getting that big victory, a big offensive outing against the Mariners. Again, it, it's funny where we have a Friday game where I have to leave someone who's four for five off of our top three performers. And then you go to the Saturday game where I have to, I'm sorry, the Sunday game where I have to dig, where there's like almost nobody even worth giving a second star to in that one. And that's when the Indians this year, it's been very much a roller coaster ride. I feel like I never know day to day what is going to happen or how things are going to go. Take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about this Orioles team. Right now, if you go over to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your order. That's right. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order and you're getting a free cooler. Go check it out. Go get that mixed box. What more do you need? I love Built Bar. Uh, it's my favorite type of protein bar. That's not just something I am paid to say. That is legitimately the truth. I get tired of other products. I love Built Bar. I keep going back to Built Bar. I will keep ordering from Built Bar. They are delicious. They are good for you. They are filling. I don't know what more else I can really do outside of give you 15% off. Oh wait, I gave you that code. That's LOCKDOWN15. Go check out BuiltBar.com for yourself. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN15. That 15% off is the same discount I get as a repeat customer. Go check out Built Bar for yourself. Everyone at Locked On loves them. You'll love them too. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON15. Let's go look at the Bet Online Indians line of the day. Remember that BetOnline is our official sponsor for all things like this. Or BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 5-0-50% bonus on your first deposit. So they still have a lineup as of recording. By the time you listen, it won't be the case on Sunday's game. But let's talk about tomorrow's Cleveland Indians matchup against the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, it is a non-listed line. That sometimes happens. We know this. Instead, if I'm going through and I'm like, which one should you go with? I'm looking through here trying to see which one I like. Part of me is like, oh, Blue Jays with Manoa, you know, the the Brewers versus the Reds. I like JT Brubaker at the Pirates, but I do not like the Pirates against anyone. That's just the truth of the matter. I think I like Lance Lynn 
losing a run. You know, they're giving a run and a half to Glasnow and the Rays. Lynn has been solid this year. The White Sox are a good team. Uh, that's a situation where you are getting a run. So I think that is the matchup that most stands out to me. And that's the one I would recommend. Go check out Bet Online for yourself. Remember this betonline.ag promo code locked on. So the Indians are facing the Orioles. And we know this, this should be a slam dunk. But for the last two years, the Orioles have owned the Indians. Uh, I could use some colorful metaphors to describe what the Indians are. But Baltimore is just a team that has them. And it's funny like they beat John Means of course he also got hurt but in general this Orioles team has struggled against everyone who is not the Cleveland Indians I don't know what their (laughs) reason is or why the Indians just cannot seem to get past them now in fairness the Indians rotation is a disaster and that's part of the problem for the Indians is they've got uh, Zavali and they've got Bieber and they traded away so many arms over the past few years and they just haven't replenished. Yes, if Plesak's healthy, he's there. I mean, McKenzie, we talked about before the season began. There were concerns with consistency. They're arriving now. Beyond him, we had hoped that someone would step up from that, like Quantrell, Logan Allen grouping. But even you know, with Moss and Morgan, Morgan, Morgan faced a very hard team when he got lit up. So I'm not going to hold that against him. But Moss hasn't been healthy. Uh, they brought up Henches. They brought up Mejia. You might see both of them in the next few days. Remember last week, they had two off days. This week, none. So it's a completely different situation. Uh, They're going to need five starters starting soon, right? Pretty much from Friday on, they do not have an off day until the 23rd, and that is their only off day the rest of the month. So this is, they need five starters. They're going to need to figure out what they're going to do outside of their top two, and then, huh? We'll see. I mean, it's been... It would be one thing if these were just average starts, but they're not get, even getting average. I mean, they talked about the fact that they need to be original or try something, you know, maybe think outside the box. I don't know what that is. You know, they have thought very much safely to their box. I, I don't know where you go for another starter unless they make a trade. I don't know how you approach it. It's, you know, they're just in a situation where even the next few guys up when you're considering prospects, Many of them have been hurt or are hurt. And then there's also just the general Rule 5 crunch that puts them in a situation where, I mean, they're I, maybe they could trade some lower prospects for a starter. You know, that, that could be the other way. Uh, if you don't feel, again, even if everything breaks right, do you trust anyone outside of the top three and then hopefully a McKenzie rebound? Like, Allen, Morgan, Henches, those are all fringe guys, let's be honest. We hope they're going to work out, but they have always been fringe types. Their top 10 prospects, looking over here, let's look via MLB, because those are often the ones that, uh, you know, they just kind of compile. Uh, Daniel Espino, Ethan Hankins, Josh, well, I disagree with the Wolf one, Lenny Torres, guess what, none of those guys are in high uh the upper minors that's kind of the situation they're in that they don't have anything i mean tanner burns might be their next prospect up in terms of pitching prospects and uh they drafted him less than a year ago or maybe about a year ago now uh but that's just to kind of make the point of where they are it's a team that they have some big decisions they need to make uh or figure out what they're going to do uh for as much of a pitching pipeline as we have talked about they they're struggling they have they don't have a lot of high-end guys they don't have a lot of just guys uh they kind of got dependent on 
the depth they've had, and they just haven't had to build off of it since then. I I would not be shocked if they take some if they kind of break their stretch and go with a college pitcher in this year's class, which is kind of a, a deep position. But uh, it's going to be. I'm curious to see what they mean when they say think outside the box to try to figure out what to do. I mean, over at Fangrass, for instance, their projected ones are Juan Carlos Mejia, Cal Quantrell, Aaron Savali, then Sam Henches. Because their projected starter, I believe, is always has to be someone on the roster currently. So with McKenzie being sent down, and now he has to stay down for a set number of time, uh, days, was it like 10, maybe? Uh, he's not starting this series, that's for sure. So they're, I'll be curious to see how they have this play out. It's... Uh, it's kind of a disaster. Uh, the Indians are being held together with duct tape and super glue and a bullpen, and that's pretty much where they are right now. I feel like I've spent a lot of time talking about Baltimore. I mean, they're just a really fun team. They're just going to continue to get more fun. Uh, Mullins has continued to play well. Mancini, Santander, who's heating up a little bit. Freddie Galvis is probably someone they're going to find a trade market for. The shortstop as he's played well. And teams can always use shortstops. Mount Castle was a rookie of the year candidate. I talked about DJ Stewart being kind of an interesting second-tier guy. Uh, Mikhail Franco played well for Kansas City last year. He's been okay for them. Biggest weaknesses right now, getting almost no production out of second base and catcher. Uh, Austin Hayes is another interesting bat who's a former top prospect, former first-round pick. And I pointed out where they're struggling because at the same time, Adlai Rushman... If you've been paying attention to what he has done in Double A this year, 283, 425 on base, 550 slugging, 426 weighted on base. He's walking 18% of the time. He's striking out 18% of the time. He has nine home runs in 33 games. He could be up this year. Like, I mean, I made the case when he was drafted in 20, what year was he taken? Was he 2019 that he could be in the big leagues in two years and if we did not have a shortened 20 weird 2020 maybe he would be uh he'd already be up now at this point uh they're probably going to do everything they can to delay his clock why would you send him up but you talk about the pieces they have there those are all guys with multiple years of control uh mancini is a free agent at the end of next season and i think that he's the only one who's really like that close and then they've got some pitchers starting to come through, and they've got some more interesting position players. I've been a big Terran Vavra guy for a long time, and what has Terran Vavra done though, so far this year? Uh, 264, 409, 455, runs created plus of 143, 16% walk, 23% strikeout is high, but this is that guy who's been just underrated at every step, but cold weather, coach's son, up the middle, great contact skills, excellent bat pip, he has all the under signatures to a guy who's a breakout. And I mean, I've been talking about him since he was at university of Minnesota. I, you know, if he hits, he's, it's going to be a, a net win for me. Let's just put it that, you know, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Uh, I've been pushing for this kid for so long that, uh, if it works out, it's going to work out really well for me. That's, that's just what I'm going to say. It's just a situation where I don't know if anyone else has been driving the, the bus as much as I have. And he's just, he could be that the second baseman they need. So that's a long way of saying, yes, the Orioles are not good, but man, are they close to it.
man, are they close to an elite lineup. Uh, Mullins at center field, Mancini at first, Santander in right. TJ Stewart at left, yeah, you can always look to upgrade it. Rushman at center, Vavra at second base. They don't necessarily have the best internal shortstop. Uh, Gunnar Henderson's probably the guy. He's a bit farther off. Mooncastle at first, or DH. Mancini at the other one. They could use, you know, like I said, a shortstop. They could use some pitching. I don't think they'll draft pitching, uh, just knowing that front office. They have been very college-heavy in their drafts and their approaches. I still wonder, as this Orioles team comes to town, would they shop a piece? Would they consider a Santander, who is playing better of late? Would they move him? Could the Indians bring someone back in the fold? Uh, it's just something I'll continue to wonder about. Uh, it's an interesting team. I'm going to enjoy watching how things develop with the the Orioles. They're fascinating. They're kind of and they're, they're also building with their pen. Let's just go ahead. Let's do our position by position. I keep forgetting about it. People enjoyed it a year ago, and uh, I should just get back to it. Catcher versus catcher. Uh, Pedro Severino, he's not doing much for them. Austin Hedges really isn't doing much for the Indians either, but at least he provides defense. I'm going to call it a push, uh, though Hedges has been like one of the worst hitters in baseball. At least he provides that elite defense. So push at catcher. No one gets advantage. No one's really uh, benefiting from their catching position. First base, uh, Trey Mancini versus Bobby Bradley. Of late, I mean, Bobby Bradley's been amazing, but I'm going to give Mancini an edge. I'm just going to do that. Second base, uh, Steve Wilkerson's been pretty awful. though He's not played that much at second. Uh, they've had a lot with Pat Valakia who has bounced around forever as a backup. Cesar Hernandez, advantage Indians. We are still tied up. Shortstop, Ahmed Rosario versus Freddy Galvis. Galvis is a better defender, and he's played well. But with what Ahmed Rosario has done of late, I'm giving advantage Indians. Indians have a positional lead, moving into third base. Jose Ramirez against Mikhail Franco. Let me debate this. for No, I mean, obviously, let's move on. Two-spot lead. Should we go right field? Santander versus Harold Ramirez. Uh, neither great defenders. Santander has uh, done a little bit more. Harold Ramirez has been solid for the Indians, but he is not necessarily a guy who uh, has that position locked down. One-point lead. Uh, center field. Much. It's the reverse of the whole uh, third base talk. Tied up. Moving into left. DJ Stewart. Really bad defender, can hit a little. Indians, Eddie Rosario, also a bad defender, can hit a little. I think the question is, now, who's actually has, we're just going to do this since they're both awful defenders. Let's see who has the highest runs created plus this year. Uh, Let's see, Uh, 107 for Stewart, 74, advantage, Orioles. Starting pitching. I'm going to push. Uh, the Indians have Bieber. The Royals actually have some guys pitching pretty well. have had some decent starts, most against the Indians. Uh, but we're just going to call that a push. They're kind of a disaster. Bullpen, advantage Indians. So this is where it gets interesting because everyone's going to tell you Indians are the better team. 
and I'm not going to debate that. The Indians should be the better team in this matchup. But when we go position by position and talk about it this way, it's a push. So keep that in mind as this four-game series is coming up. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily, tell a friend. Uh, download on iTunes and Amazon. You know, do what you can. Help us out in any way possible. We appreciate it over here. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.